0: You all are my witnesses. I did not plan this. If you will, turn to Ephesians 5 and verse 22. And when you get there, read that quietly. I'll tell you why I didn't plan this. Today, is my one-year anniversary. <laughs> but you all are my witnesses, but we've been working our way through Ephesians, <laughs> starting with uh, chapter 4 and moving on into verse 5. No, I told Laura about it. And I even asked permission. And uh, <laughs> she said, yes, it'll be okay, but just make sure you say something about it so they can laugh. So I did. Yep. But as we look at this, I want to make myself clear and read verses 32 through 33 before we get started. It says, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to worship today. Thank you for the services, the classes, everything we've done today. May it be to your honor and your glory. Dear Lord, just help us as Christians, as a church body, to be followers of you and to serve you wholeheartedly Forgive us the times that we've sinned. In your name I pray. Amen. Going back to verse 22. We read, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. The key I want to go back to here is if we look at Ephesians 5 and verse 1, we find the context in which this subject comes out of. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And, and we can, in light of, of this we can see a, a relationship, how it's supposed to work. We can also see a parallel, how our re- relationship with Christ as a church body is supposed to work. And that's we're going to be talking about both tonight. And, and hopefully this will be a a, vert, a passage that as we enter into our new year, We can better our relationships as spouses, but also better our relationship with Christ. Submission to the husband is in verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. You know, this doesn't mean wives be willing to get trampled on We sometimes in America, we we see the things that women suffer and we have a false precept of the word submit. Submit means to put into obedience, put oneself into obedience, not the husband putting his wife into obedience, and to yield to one's admonition or advice. Um, And I think that last one, wives are to yield to their husbands admonition, or advice. I think that's a pretty good summation of it. Uh, Husbands, you're not off the hook. In verse 23, it says, For the husband is to be the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. The husbands, you're to be leaders. And this means many men in our country today, in our uh, town today, and probably in our everyday lives need to step up and be the leaders God would have them be in their marriage. You see, to really get the full body of this, I think we need to look back at what Ephesus was. Ephesus was a place of great wealth and entertainment. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, under one uh, historian wrote about a, a earthquake in Ephesus. And the people there, they didn't have to seek help from the government. They rebuilt the city by their own wealth. Ephesus was also a place with two of these uh, Roman-style coliseums. It was a place of great entertainment. And there was a pressing issue of people looking for a life of entertainment. This sounds a lot like what we live in today, doesn't it? And I believe that with this pressing issue, this thought of let's join in with the entertainment, let's join in with the lifestyle, they thought and their thoughts were on leaving their commitments. And I believe that's why Paul here presses the issue Wives, submit to your, and you know, if you notice, he says, to your own husbands. He makes that very clear. To your own husbands. He doesn't say, just submit to your husband. He was saying, don't leave your husband. Be submitted to one man. Not to the world you live in, but be submitted to your husband. And a matter of fact, as you go down into... Uh, Verse 24, it says, So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. No matter what's going on in the society, one man, one wife, you don't be submitted or committed to another man or another relationship. It's one relationship. If not, it's adultery. And I believe God covers the spiritual adultery throughout His book. How we're to abstain from that. You know, Verse 24 reminds me of some pressing issues in our society today. Verse 24, uh, the wives should be submitted to their husbands in everything. That means don't get tired and leave. Don't want something better and go after it. Be submitted, committed to your spouse. And also, we see this submission to the lady, for the wives to the husbands, and also the husbands to the wives. But also, we see wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto Christ. So we have to have a submission to Christ, meaning Christ is the leader. We have to submit to him. We, we as Christians are to be obedient to Christ. How can we be followers of Christ if we're not willing to submit to his leadership? It's pretty key. It's pretty essential that if we are to be followers of Christ, we have to follow the leader. Kids know how to play that game. And we need to realize that. Um, Our following, if we are not following Christ, has no reason and no life. You know, it says, for the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And I wanted to bring this out. As I was looking at that, I thought, man, the the head, the all those things that go on in there that I can't understand about any other person, but not just including women. Uh, but there's many things that go on in there that I don't understand. I don't understand that I don't have to think about breathing. My brain automatically tells me to breathe. I don't have to think about telling my heart to beat. My brain takes care of that. And you know, just as the brain is so vital for us, as a church, Christ is vital for us. Um, you know, if Christ is the head... And we are moving and he is not leading. We're a dead man walking. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, We also see an investment. As we look at verses 25 through 29, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loveth the church, and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as Christ, as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. You know, we'll get to it in a minute, but Christ made an investment in the church. Also in our relationships as husbands and wives, we have to make investments in our relationship, period. No time with your spouse is probably a bad idea. No communication with your spouse can end horrible. And no display of love to your spouse would be direct, would be drastic. Verses twenty-eight and twenty-nine tells us that we are to love our wives as our own bodies. But it also says, even as in verse twenty-nine, even as the Lord, the church, tells us that the Lord loved the church. The goal is to grow together both spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Christ definitely invested in His church. We see Him starting out His ministry, and He's calling men to start the first church. And throughout His ministry on earth, Christ spent most of His time with His first church. And as in verse 25 says, we see Christ gave His life for the church. That's what the Scripture says, and I believe that Christ died for all. But I don't think a great, I don't think the great mystery, A.K.A., uh, also known as the church, would have been revealed or been very effective without the gospel message. I think Christ dying gave the church reason. To believe. Because he covered their sin. He followed obedience. That's what Christ did. And that's what I believe Ephesians is talking about. He died. Verse 25. He died and gave himself for the church. He gave it. So now we have a reason to unite. We now have a reason to come behind and follow him. Because he died and we have the gospel message. So ultimately we can say. That Christ invested a whole lot. Even as us as a church. Why would Christ invest so much? And I think verse 26 and verse 27 tells us pretty clearly. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives. As their own bodies. He that loveth his wife. Loveth himself. You know not only. We know through Christ. And his blood that was shed. We will one day be presented to him. Without spot. Without blemish. A glorious church. But also. Here on earth. We are to be his representation. On the husband-wife side of this, Laura represents me in the school. People will either love or hate me for some of her actions. You can see this in a relationship side of things. We We represent each other. So why then would we think that we don't represent Christ? As a church body, we do we represent him here on this earth and and you know did you know that people will choose to accept or reject Christ because of our church and I hope that we're being the light that he calls us to be in our community so that people would accept Christ well, we love. Enough to show Christ? Will our appearance here as a church resemble that of Christ himself? Much like our relationships with our husbands and wives. We must spend time with God. I believe we can do that in prayer. Spend time with God through his word. But that's also communicating with God. And we love God by loving others. We love God by serving others, being, being the servants that God has called us to be. But then, as we look at verse 30 through 33, it says, For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh." This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. You know, whenever I look at this whole aspect of the two shall be one, we are, we are Christ's flesh and bones. I can't help but think about our service to God. We are members of his flesh and his bones. We are the body of Christ as he directs we should follow. You know, we we as a church, we, we should serve Christ as a unit. The term body is used to describe the church because it resembles the physical aspect of Christ here on earth today. I'm not saying that Christ is no longer physical. He is physical I believe his whole body rose from the grave. And I'm not saying Christ is not here today. I believe he is here today through his Holy Spirit. But what I'm saying is Christ left us here on earth with a responsibility to carry out. Also known as his great commission. For this cause, we're told for this cause a man leave his father and mother how does that relate how do how do we see a marital side of this that that we are to be God's flesh and bones and how does this parallel with our relationships with our spouses and i think that we as individual couples here and some of you're not couples yet but some, the majority of us are should be striving to serve Christ as a single unit just like our church we we have a goal we have a plan in mind we should be striving as a single unit to carry out the great commission and even in our families we should have that goal if my wife were not able to support me in the ministry and i'm not talking about financially I'm talking about if my wife hated what I did, she was not behind what I did, and she did not support me in what I did, I probably wouldn't be as effective as I am. But my wife is on my team, and I hope that yours is to do. And I I want to ask you these questions Are both you and your spouse on board? What's your ministry as a couple? What's your ministry in this church? Are you one unit? And do you have the same goal in mind? Let's join together not only as couples but as a church and have a focus following Christ wherever He leads. Because I believe that the submission talked about in verse 22 literally means get behind Christ. Don't get ahead. Get behind Christ. Follow His leadership. If we are to be followers as dear children, I don't know a child five years old that drives his mom and dad to church. The mom and dad drive him to church. And, and I, don't know, I don't know a five-year-old who gives marital advice to his parents. He might do it, but, you know, I don't know how credible that would be. Just as the parent is the leader in that home to the child, Christ is the leader of this church. As I was studying over these Scriptures, I wanted the point to be known. We are to submit to Christ. And I I thought it fell so beautifully, not because it was on my anniversary, but because we're entering into a new year. And, And the message I had planned for this morning kind of fit into this message. Are we willing as a church to submit to God? To be His follower as a dear child?